You're listening to Cam's Talk, a podcast brought to you by the service users and professionals from East London NHS Foundation Trust. A podcast where you can hear us discuss, debate and challenge issues around child and adolescent mental health in the UK. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Cam's Talk. As exam season is approaching, we felt it was important to have a conversation today about previous experiences, coping with exam stress and the support that you might find available. Today I'll be joined by my co-host and some young people. Hi everyone, I'm Marianne. I'm a participation coordinator at Bedfordshire and Luton Cams. Hi, I'm Leah. I'm an ex-service user. Thank you for joining us today. And last but certainly not least... Hi everyone, I'm Shaman. I'm currently currently finished high school but hello amazing so thank you for everyone joining us today and sharing your amazing expertise to get us started I wondered if you wanted to share a bit about your previous experiences how they were and what made them positive or negative I actually did my GCSEs in hospital uh, inpatient unit I think it was a very different experience to my previous because obviously I'd done exams. This was my year 11, my GCSE year. It was such a like surreal experience. So they take you to a different room, you get breaks. It was just so separate and I feel like you felt more understood. There were a few people in my year, but even the people that weren't in my year were kind of just like, well... We all are struggling, so it's just a bit normal to do the extra time and the having a separate room. Whereas I remember in previous years, it was kind of like it would have been nice to have a bit more discretion and making it less of a big deal. So, yeah, it was quite a different experience. Thank you for sharing. How about you, Sharmin? So my high school experience, I would consider quite normal. Nothing compared to yours, Leah. However, I also had some support and help with um, how my mental health was doing at the time. I would consider myself struggling a lot during GCSEs in particular. So the setup was that I had a counsellor in high school that I could talk to. I considered it kind of old school in the techniques and the methods of practice. They weren't professionally trained. I thought the person that was selected for me was really sweet. We had a process where I could select who was best fit for me and it was nice that it was someone I've worked with as my head of year to kind of mentor me and guide me. I also had a form tutor that I was connected to who struggled with ranges of anxiety herself. She was aware of mental health, which I think is definitely a struggle with schooling because not everyone accepts it as a valid reason or understands the level of severity that it could reach at. So I also had extra time out in exams. I also had smaller classrooms where I could take my exams. So it was a lot easier. And I think the support I had at the time helped uh, in the long run. It's great to hear that you both felt a bit supported. How did you find access in the support? Did you feel validated in it or was it a struggle? I think that it had to get to the point of being in hospital says a lot because we would ask like if I could drop a GCSE and they'd say like we'll see like we'll wait till next year and they just keep saying that kind of thing 
I do think it should definitely be easier. Like, I don't think you should have to have a diagnosis or anything, but that is kind of the case. Uh, I did have a couple of diagnoses, like anxiety and depression, before going into hospital, and it did help with getting me extra time and stuff, but I felt I couldn't use it because they made it such a big deal. Like, they'd take you out of class all the time and try and talk about it. or they'd... So I think they definitely need to make it easier for people. Yeah, I definitely agree. How about you, Sharmin? Okay, with the support, I didn't feel like it was enough support. I still felt like I was drowning underwater with piled up stresses because you had to think about coursework and you had to think about um, how to manage your life, like your social life and turning off, which was extremely hard for me to do. I was in panic mode, exam mode, and extra revision that you had to do and you didn't really have time to slow down or be like, hey, I did it. I finished this mock paper or I finished this class. I felt like it was very sparse. So the counselling I did have would have to be me calling up and saying, hey, I'm having a breakdown. I think we would benefit from something more structured and ideal mental health well-being checks because I don't think what I had was enough because sometimes I was denied things like extra time and it's really scary. Yeah, it's definitely disappointing hearing that both of you didn't have great experiences accessing support, which is certainly something we hear from a lot of young people. And Sharmin, you mentioned having assignments on top of deadlines and, you know, handling your social life, actual life, you know, around that. And it can be quite a lot of pressure. And it's really good that you highlighted sharing resources that are either outside or within schools for like mental health and well-being sessions, which probably would be great centered around that time. I'm just wondering, was it mental health support offered at your school? or Was this offered to you quite readily or accessibly? Or did you have to actually search something up? At first, um, in my middle school, it had to be approved by CAMS and they had to have a diagnosis letter. And then in upper school, it was kind of more normalised, which is good. I feel like um, it was a lot of me calling up and asking for it because we didn't have well-being check. I think techniques and well-being exercises and people checking in on you in exam season is very important with or without a mental health diagnosis. It's also prominent that everything social and everything that floats your headspace away from the exams is kind of shut down. I remember there's theatre classes and exercises and showcases around my school because it was performing art space was shut down if you were in your exam year, which is very disappointing because it does feel like your whole year the whole end of year of high school is based on these exams and you're struggling so it feels like the end of the world. So good that you highlighted that a lot of extracurricular clubs they would close. I completely understand the logic behind it but it's true it can be such a form of releasing that breath. There's absolutely no need to be studying the whole time. Definitely need some breaks for your mental well-being, for your health as well. So yeah, that's a really good point that you've highlighted. Yeah, definitely. So following on from that, sort of on the same topic, what advice would you give for young people looking after themselves and maintaining a life outside of the example? 
I think a hundred percent make a plan like of when you're gonna revise because I know how stressful it can be when you feel like you don't want to do anything but if you've got a little plan and you even you do a little bit of it then it feels better but don't put too much pressure on yourself to stick to the plan is what I found because I feel like different people go from one extreme to another so look after yourself make sure like you do one thing a day especially on the days that you are revising like I don't know just a cheeky sausage roll from Greg's or something like anything nice that will make you feel good literally anything small that might make you feel a little bit good and I think journal as well I've heard a lot of people say that when they were doing their exams like they look back then they're like my mindset is so different now like it might just help them in the future to realize like if they do have any tests like okay it's not as big of a deal so yeah yeah and just saw that acknowledgement that your life still goes on after exams and exams aren't everything I love the ideas that Mia gave about some self-care exercises. I feel like there's a lot of things that I do now that I didn't even focus on or knew was possible and available to me that keeps me level-headed and makes me feel so much better. So some things that I do now are breathing exercises and I have a morning routine that I really enjoyed. I suggest having your own time and it might it may even be staying up late where the whole house is quiet and you just have a little bit of your time before you go back to sleep or waking up earlier than expected and I think it would be lovely if you had something that you look forward to which is something I really love I love reward systems and something to keep you excited and happy and just loving life just receiving rewards so things like a day where you're out with your friends might be the weekend where you have a hobby or love a little art class I know there's poetry and art classes available around maybe in youth centers maybe a cinema day if you're excited to splurge or just a walk in the park something that keeps you away from your school life and has a separate association I don't encourage isolation so keeping yourself afloat with social time everyone has a social battery but make sure you fill it especially during exam season because we don't want to make like our batteries Again, like Leah says, we shouldn't have a calendar that we have to stick, abide to, and feel 100% committed to or dedicated to. Because that could lead to self-disappointment, and that wouldn't be fun. Like you said, Sharmin, it's really important to maintain those social relationships, but sometimes it can get a bit overwhelming, and sometimes we just need to say no. I think it's important at this time that we maintain boundaries and respect boundaries of others, sometimes we might want to go to a support group or even if there's like a study group and you're all your friends are revising together some days that's good for you but then some days you just cannot do that and I think it's important to not overstretch yourself I didn't really have that kind of thing I more studied on my own shows that everyone's different do you think you would benefit from maybe studying in a group if you were to do it again I don't think so because I I feel like it would be a lot of pressure for me Just as an individual, I feel like I study when I'm like, okay, I've got a little spurt of motivation now. Um, I'm going to study and like I can't do it for too long. So I I don't know. I feel like I get embarrassed at my short attention span. But maybe, maybe it would be a good thing to test my anxiety. No, I'm definitely the same. I need to revise my own. 
I think I need that too. But I used to trick myself into thinking I needed study groups. <laughs> because I wanted to spend time with people, but also procrastinate as much as I could. But that's so that's so important that you bring up boundaries, because it's something that's a bit hard to apply, especially when you want to kind of feel part of a group, but it can be a bit of a distraction sometimes. So it's really good that you brought up, you know, having those boundaries and, you know, also with like not overworking yourself and knowing, okay, well, I can't study every single day of the week, I do need a break. But yeah, I feel like you've kind of pushed a few into like some self-reflection there because I'm like actually yeah I used to just agree doing study group and it didn't actually benefit me in the long run when I studied by myself I actually studied a lot better to be fair but I don't know if anyone else had experience of the study group being better who knows Sorry, I had a experience where both were beneficial to me. Again, my mental health would waver. However, when I was in the study mood, but I had both experiences. My friend group was very intellectual and smart and very positive so we'd go back and forth with idea generation and things like creative studying we would all have our positives but we all impacted the friendship groups so I think study groups were great we didn't have the most amazing resources but yeah we had textbooks and I know we would do coursework together and they did feel productive and they did feel a little bit of our social time I know it's my personal philosophy now but when I was younger I didn't really see myself as a little garden and I think thinking like that's very delicate and very precious and kind of it flows into oneness how everyone is also a garden growing and it's very reflective did you say something about we're, we're all gardens yeah that's yeah, okay. my personal philosophy no I really like that because I haven't actually heard that before I don't know Molly or Leah if you've heard that before but it made me think of like how different flowers in a garden mm. require different things they require a different amount of light different amount of water and they they also you know planted at different seasons in the year and it's right when you say like we we are all gardens it makes me think of how we're all different flowers in a garden and we might require something different like you mentioned like some people require extra time some people might require um, more social interaction some people might um, need some quiet time and it's a really beautiful way to describe that because we all need different things but we all grow when we have those different things in place and different support um, in place so yeah that was a really really nice analogy actually I've never heard that one before but I really like the sound of it thank you so the line of having boundaries I think that's very important being able to say no however being able to say yes is powerful and, and just kind of balancing them both because if you didn't say yes to studying at all you would kind of feel bad about how you're progressing and how you're neglecting your studies and your education I'm an art student but for a long time I'd compare myself to other artists people in my year group or seniors or people older than me with more talent and skill than me however obviously progress makes perfection and I wouldn't give my chance to blossom and flower and give myself that time to progress jealousy and wishing you had other grades just letting go I think we should make a boundary a self-boundary that we're not gonna shame ourselves for 
a bad grade and if we did get something that we liked like a pass or an eight or a five whatever it may happen to be that we reward ourselves during the process and at the destination and learn how to wind down and learn how to not overshare with our grades or compare ourselves with our grades because at the end of the day it's not fair on yourself and just a little bit of grace for yourself is very important it's very hard um I would say it's not that easy especially if we're suffering from a really hard mental illness a really hard um period of time again it's a hard skill to learn it could take a whole lifetime. I'm still learning new things as I'm older. And so I'm sure all three of us are learning more things about boundaries. There's no textbook guide really on it. The exam season, I talk about it being a long, heavy season because it does feel like that. Where the end goal in England, the UK, is very focused on your product, your major GCSEs, everything is very, this is what I'm working towards. But really, we should settle back and just flow on the tides of the destination, just being there because we're not just a Again, we're not just a grade, so we're just more of a journey and just making your journey more beautiful and that's filling your life up with other things, people that make you happy. So those people included, it could be family, it could be some cool festivals or something smaller like music, something like passionate towards writing, reading, Um, but something that you love. I think collectively, I feel like everyone kind of has this inner compass where you know what would make you happier, but it's very cloudy up there in your heart space. It's very cloudy and you don't really let your mind just tap into what you're thinking. So my advice is to encourage you to kind of just be a little bit mindful and do just kind of pause and be like what can I do to make my situation easier and if that is saying yes to studying or if that's saying yes I need a break but I I promise myself I'll dedicate time to carrying this on later or sweet little songbirds like that I think I think it will really help that's what I would like to share that was so insightful Charmin and a really beautiful summary almost of advice but also summarize like how the exam period can take a toll on someone and how I really I really like that you said you are not just your grades because that's so important to remember and I think from your message the overlying theme I got was to kind of just show yourself grace during this period if you want to take a break if you want to enjoy yourself you know not to feel guilty about that because it's something that you need but yeah you said it so beautifully I really I really like that and going off you know the advice that you've um kind of shared with everyone and kind of inspired other young people to also do Lee I wanted to ask about whether whether you have advice for maybe teachers or parents around exam period and and what advice you would give them on how to support their young people yeah I have a little bit of advice definitely clinicians need to I think they need to be a little bit more sensitive to the fact that maybe you won't 
like be able to book an appointment but like be more fl- okay maybe not more sensitive maybe more flexible just in the sense that like maybe they can do a call appointment or something if they if you can't get into the clinic or if you're a bit more stressed like think taking that into consideration and I think parents is a whole different ball game because they don't appreciate like we might be so much more tired and saying things like oh someone's tired today like might trigger us a little bit but I think we also need to communicate with them more because putting it all on them, like we need to tell as an individual, like maybe you just need more time to do things, but we definitely need to communicate more. Yeah, really, really good advice. And I, I know most most young people listen to the podcast, but if you you know want to share with your teachers or your parents, please feel free to do so because all of this has been really, really helpful, I feel, and really insightful as well. But yeah, Charmin, I wonder if you had anything to add um, to any of Leah's points as well. I would love if teachers were more graceful during the period. I know in our planning session, Molly talked about how, and all of us really, how some teachers are very pushy with the ideas of what our target grades and how we're, everyone knows that we're capable of achieving these grades. And we do too. It's just a very big goal. And our personal goals and how... We would love to reach them, but our capabilities may change. So I think I think that being parted into grades and numbers and just this paper and that paper, it's very difficult to see at the end, or it could be very bountiful. And it all depends on who you are and what you got, or letting the grades fall off the pedestal. Because it's hard for people like your family who aren't taking the test and your friends who you're comparing it to. So it all depends. But I think for teachers, being all graceful, not being so hard on your students and making sure that everyone, especially form teachers, everyone's able and is at the right at the right pace. They're going at a healthy pace healthy means not overstudying and also not studying at all not losing their lives healthy means not neglecting their body and just making sure their garden's full that does include check-ins you can't control everything so don't overstress yourself because you're still a teacher you're still working yeah that's amazing advice and I think in my experience, teachers often give like conflicting advice and you don't know which one to take and can be difficult to navigate what works best for you. Don't know if you've had any experience with that, Leah. Yeah, I think it's hard. I haven't really had much experience with that, but I think when they're all giving different advice, like, oh, I hate it when they say revise this subject, like don't worry about that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, you can't say that because they've just told me not to worry about this one. And it's quite stressful in that, but I think you just need to listen to yourself and think, like, use your intuition, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Sharmin? How do you navigate teachers giving you conflicting advice and not knowing what advice to take? I would say, along with Leah's advice, follow your gut. I feel like teachers are very copy and paste and they tell everyone the same things it might not be personal towards you I think trust your gut this information may just be coming from ahead of year that wants everyone collectively to do their best but your best is personal 
And you also may not get your best grade, even though everyone knows that they're capable of getting. And it's very, it's very selective. So I say, I say trust your judgment and don't be too hard on yourself, but know that you're completely capable during, say, five years' time. Of course you could have gotten your grade. You shouldn't feel so subjected to getting this specific thing and definitely be easy on yourself is what I'm saying. Yeah, throughout this whole discussion, I'm just getting themes of like, you know yourself best. And it's like, grades are just either a letter or a number and they don't show your worth. Yeah, and it's just one way of assessing really how much you know, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't reflect really how much you do know. And some unis moving away from just kind of assessing you based on exams and there's, there's different assessments that you can kind of see how well you're doing in your in your degree so I think that's moving in the right direction because I certainly agree that you know a grade is not a good reflection of that. I think you've all done a really brilliant job in giving advice to young people well as teachers um, and parents on how to support young people and, the, and you know how to help them uh, during this stressful time and I know we're kind of coming towards the end of our podcast so it'll be nice if we all go around and just say one thing that was really helpful to us during our exam periods I don't mind going first because I suggested it um and Charmin actually mentioned this a bit earlier but um music was really helpful for me so I do play some instruments but I also really enjoy listening to music and um it was really helpful during studying because one it would help me while I was studying because I put my headphones in and it would really help me concentrate and kind of block everything out so I wouldn't be so distracted. It was really helpful to kind of zone everything out and really focus but also it was a really good way to de-stress for me as well because I, I would get really really stressed during exams understand it but that anxiety was really hard to kind of subside to kind of get rid of when exam period lasts for a whole month or sometimes longer um so it's really really hard to kind of study while you have that anxiety ongoing so I found that music really really helped me de-stress and yeah that was a really good way for me to de-stress but yeah what 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 everyone else's things that you did that uh Leah did you want to go first it's not really a piece of advice well it is a piece of advice keep remembering that it does end like it can't go on forever it does end and no matter what the outcome you you will get through it oh I love that you know it's something that we all know but it's so good to hear because you can forget can't you Leah thank you for me I think it was accepting the help that was given to me and feeling valid in the support because for a long time I was sort of fighting off like all the help and was like oh I'll do this on my own and I need to do this on my own but it was feeling valid in your support and knowing that the support wouldn't be given to you if you didn't need it so take it I think that was very beneficial for me. Amazing yeah I I, I couldn't agree more because I feel like not all young people are offered the support but it is really helpful to feel valid like you said feeling valid in your support and it's like just accepting that you know what I need this and I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it to help me and a lot of the times I feel like we don't seek support because we think it's a bit it's not as easily accessible but you have absolutely every right to you know have support and and I think we're trying to make it a bit more accessible and I'm hoping you know more schools are working towards that as well but there's absolutely no you know shame no guilt in seeking for that support and asking for it as well so thank you Molly for sharing that. I would say my 
my one piece of advice is definitely dedicate your time to you and being very mindful. I think if you could being able to have a space where you can express your emotions and yourself and taking time to water your needs and giving yourself the time every day to be like, okay, today I'm about to go on a walk or today I'm about to go out in the sun or garden or read, listen to music. I think everything little, again, we focused about little things, but I think little helps you overall and it's definitely the building blocks to keep you more mentally well I think those little pieces of self-care will definitely help um you blossom in exam season that's my little bit of advice thank you brilliant thank you Sharmin thank you so much for everyone sharing their experiences and knowledge today it's been such a valuable episode I'm sure everyone at home will feel that they will use this in their life. And also, thank you to the listeners for listening today. We hope to see you in the next episode. You've been listening to Cams Talk, a podcast brought to you by the Luton and Bedford Cams team and the Luton and Bedford Service User Participation Group. If you'd like to hear more from us, just go over to camstalk.com and subscribe. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any of the other platforms that you're using. Once you've subscribed, you'll get notification on your device every time we release a new episode. If you want to comment or share your views, you can contact us on Twitter using at camstalk, or you can send us an email using info at camstalk.com. One last thing before we go. Don't forget to use the hashtag camstalkpodcast whenever you comment on social media. We'll speak to you soon.